are listening to Julia's Trucking Cafe News Hour. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Everybody get a seat and something to drink? Great, good deal. So let's get right to the news. Like always, I have lots to get to. Our first article is border agents say they caught a truck driver with $25 million worth of meth. This was reported back around January 13th, but it happened back in December. Canadian border agents say that they interrupted millions of dollars worth of illegal drugs from a commercial vehicle making a border crossing. On January 13th, the Canadian Border Services Agency, Southern Ontario region, announced that they made the largest methamphetamine seizure on record for that agency in seven years. According to them, I quote, on December 24th, 2019, commercial truck entered Canada through the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor, Ontario, and was referred for a secondary examination. During that examination, Border Services officers discovered nine containers filled with suspected meth. They arrested the driver and seized the suspected narcotics. The RCMP attended and took custody of the subject as well as the evidence. The Canadian Border Services Agency are kind of like our customs or or our um, Border Patrol estimated the street value of the seized drugs of $25.5 million. The driver of the truck, a 36-year-old Ontario resident, Mohammed Hamed Abdirham, um was charged with the importation of controlled substance and possession for the purpose of trafficking. Abdirahman is scheduled to appear in court in Windsor on February 3rd, which is today. The incident remains under investigation. If I hear more about that, I will definitely put it in the subsequent show. And senators demand GPS updates to keep trucks off of restricted routes. Senators demand the big tech companies like Apple, Google, and Waze make some changes. A group of U.S. senators have written a letter to Google, Apple, and Waze to demand that they update GPS applications in hopes of keeping two tall trucks off of parkways. You need to start teaching that in truck driving schools. Semi-trucks are not allowed on most parkways. This week, U.S. Senators Richard Blumenthal, Chuck Schumer, and Edward J. Markey penned a letter to Google, Apple, and Waze demanding that the manufacturers update their non-truck-specific GPS applications to include commercial vehicle routing information in order to keep truckers off of restricted routes in Connecticut, New York, and Massachusetts. From the news release of Blumenthal, low bridges, including those on Merritt and Wilburn Cross Parkways in Connecticut, Hutchinson Parkway in New York, and Storrow Drive in Boston, are frequently struck by oversized vehicles where drivers are using GPS applications designed for passenger vehicle drivers. 
While truck-specific smartphone navigation applications already exist to help truck drivers avoid restrictions like low bridges and other commercial vehicle prohibitions, they often require subscriptions for full functionality, limiting their usage. The senators say that as more truck drivers rely on free smartphone GPS applications like those provided by Apple and Google that don't have commercial vehicle height, weight, or hazmat information, they are more likely to end up on restricted roadways, quote, which can cause accidents that adversely impact traffic patterns, inflict damage to roadways and overpasses, and even result in fatalities, end quote. Quote, integrating warning features into universally available navigation applications like Google Maps will make them more widely accessible, preventing further accidents. Your application already allows users to make choices <coughs> about what kind of information is displayed to them. One possible solution is allowing users to indicate they are driving commercial vehicles and alerting them to restriction on roadways. We strongly urge your company to develop and implement solutions for commercial vehicle drivers relying on your navigation platform. It will undoubtedly reduce accidents and traffic delays caused by commercial vehicles operated on restricted roads. We appreciate your attention to this matter and look forward to your response, the senators wrote in their letter. It isn't clear as of the writing of this article if Google, Apple, and Waze will comply with the lawmakers' demands. Drivers, do not be relying on Google Maps and Apple for Apple Maps for routing. You have to shell out of your damn pocket for a trucking GPS. They sell them. Yes, they're about three, $400, but you don't need to be going by a car GPS because you're too damn cheap to get out of your doggone pocket and save up your pennies and quit playing your uh, buying video games or scratcher tickets. Save up your points and loves and get it for free. You save up 400 points or 4,000 points at Love's, you could get yourself a GPS for free or TA. So don't give me that garbage that you can't afford one because you could get it for free. You just got to save your points. Now, in other news, with truck fatalities on the rise, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration is going to start a study to cause find out what the causes of the deadly crashes. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration admits that fatal crashes involving large trucks have increased by 5.7% over the last three years. They have announced a major new study into the underlying causes behind fatal large truck crashes. In a request for information document published in the Federal Register on January 15th, the FMCSA announced plans to begin a groundbreaking, groundbreaking, excuse me, new study into the causal factors in large truck crashes, dubbed the Large Truck Crash Causal Factor Study. Well, duh. The FMCSA pointed to a rise in truck crashes as a reason for the study. Quote, over the last three years, from 2016 to 2018, fatal crashes involving large trucks increased 5.7%. This study will help FMCSA identify factors that are contributing to the growth in fatal large truck crashes and in both injury and property damage only, or PDO, crashes. 
These factors will drive new innovations, or excuse me, these factors will drive new initiatives, excuse me, to reduce crashes on our nation's roadways, end quote. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration says that they, quote, seek information on how best to design and conduct the study to identify factors contributing to all FMCSA reportable large truck crashes, tollway injury and fatal, end quote. The agency says that the purpose of the study is to yield information that will help them and the truck safety community to identify activities and other measures likely to lead to significant reductions in the frequency, severity, and crash rate involving commercial motor vehicles, end quote. Just ask me, I'll tell you, inattentive driving, speeding, following too close, and inattentive driving. I'll tell you that right now. The FMCSA laid out three specific goals for this study. One, evaluate crashes involving large trucks and identify emerging trends. Two, monitor crash trends and identify causes and contributing factors. And three, develop effective safety improvement policies and programs. The announcement of this study comes just months after worrisome new statistics showed up an uptick in fatal crashes involving large trucks in 2018 that corresponded with the first full year that the electronic logging device mandate was in effect for most truck drivers. In October 2019, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration released a report on crash fatalities in 2018, first full year since the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration required most truckers to start using ELDs to track hours of service compliance in December of 2017. The FMCSA promised that the ELD mandate would, quote, help create a safer work environment for drivers. No, it don't. While there was 2.4% decrease in crash fatalities for all drivers, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration data showed that fatal crashes involving large trucks actually increased by nine-tenths of a percent. During a similar study conducted by the FMCSA in 2001 to 2003, yeah, that was you know, 17 years ago, the FMCSA said that, quote, a primary finding of the study was that the, the vast majority of crashes were critical reason for the crash was assigned to the large truck. It was attributed to driver-related action or inaction, end quote. The FMCSA will be accepting public comments on the study for 60 days after publication in the Federal Register. For more information on how you can submit your comments once the comment period officially opens, you can click the link that's in this article that will be in the show notes. And in other news, FMCSA orders a Nevada trucker off the road for alcohol, defying an out-of-service order. This happened on January 3rd. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration ordered a Nevada trucker out of service after uncovering numerous safety violations. On January 3rd, Mamadou Diaby Diaby, was issued a federal out-of-service order after investigators uncovered various violations related to to alcohol and for violating a previous out-of-service order. He's a CDL holder and a sole owner of 4U Logistics, Inc. 
The FMCSA detailed the circumstances leading to the federal order in their press release. From the article, I quote, On December 12, 2019, while operating a 4U logistics tractor trailer en route from Missouri to Colorado, they... D-A-I-B-Y, I don't know how the hell you pronounce it, was observed driving erratically and subsequently stopped by Kansas Highway Patrol. He failed a field sobriety test, according, accordingly, significantly elevated blood alcohol level, and the officers later found opened alcoholic beverage containers in a cooler next to the driver's seat. He was previously convicted in spring of 2018, having one or more open alcohol beverages containers in his truck. During December 12, 2019, Kansas Highway Patrol officers also discovered that trucking company 4U Logistics 11 days earlier had been ordered by Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration to cease all commercial transportation operations upon receiving an unsatisfactory safety rating following a comprehensive safety investigation. In other words, they come in and audited his ass and shut him down, but he was still operating. Talk about being unsafe. Less than one week earlier, in December 6, 2019, he was stopped in Ohio for a roadside safety inspection while operating a 4U logistics tractor trailer with a commercial load that had departed from Colorado. Ohio State Patrol, Highway Patrol officers cited him for record for hours of service violations and for violating uh, FMCSA December 1st, 2019 order to 4U Logistics to cease all operations. Well, see, he turned around and then he got nailed again. He said, well, I don't have to worry about following that order to cease all operations. He got another load, jumped back in the goddamn truck and went on his way from Ohio back to Colorado and got busted again in Kansas. The FMCSA warns that he could also be facing action by the U.S. Attorney's Office for equitable relief and punitive damages in addition to civil and criminal penalties. There you go. And in other news, an argument over working conditions at a trucking company ends with two family members dead. This was reported, happened January 14th. Texas police say that two men who work together at a trucking company are dead following a murder-suicide on Tuesday. Shooting occurred just after 11 in the morning, Tuesday, January 14th, at JTM Transport in San Antonio. Police say that 47-year-old Martinez and family member... Baldemir Martinez Tamez, 56, had been arguing for some time over working conditions at the company where they both worked. Police say that Martinez Tamez walked into work and shot Martin, the younger Martinez several times at the trucking company facilities. Martinez was later taken to the hospital where he died from his injuries. Martinez Tamez then the older one reportedly drove away from the scene. He found him, his vehicle parked at a family dollar store location about three miles from the trucking company. He was pronounced dead at the scene from a single gunshot wound to the head. Police believe that the gunshot was self-inflicted. Investigators say that the argument between Tamez and the younger Martinez had been going on for weeks. Several news outlets have identified the two men as brothers, but police have failed to confirm their relationship. The incident remains under investigation. Still. And in other news, a driver dies after his truck was struck 
by a train. This happened on Thursday, January 16th. Yeah, he um, took that cab right off the dam, disconnected it right from the doggone bulk tank. Authorities in Tennessee say that a truck driver lost his life after a train crashed into his truck. This happened around 7.30 in the morning on Thursday, January 16th. It's near Chattanooga. The truck was reportedly traveling east on this Daisy Dallas Road at Hickson Street when it became struck stuck on the railroad tracks. Local news outlet reports that the unidentified truck driver was outside of his vehicle apparently trying to free it from the railroad tracks when a southbound Norfolk Southern Freight train approached, striking the truck. The train struck the left cab, the cab on the left side of the tracks and the trailer on the other side. The truck driver died as a result of his injuries. Norfolk Southern released a statement following at Norfolk Southern, the safety of our employees and the communities we serve is our number one priority. Yeah, that's why you got to go 75 mile an hour through there. Advises motorists and pedestrians to stay alert around railroad tracks and be mindful of all warning signs and signals at a railroad crossing. Tennessee Highway Patrol Lieutenant John Harmon said Tennessee Highway Patrol, along with all local law enforcement and first responders, want you to always, if you are crossing railroad tracks and your vehicle for an unknown reason, is stopped on that track and immediately leave your vehicle. Incident remains under investigation. This episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to be at a shippers or receivers and have to wait to be loaded or unloaded for hours on end. Am I right? I'm doing that at the time of this recording, waiting to get unloaded, especially produce coolers and paper mills. Now, it, it My Patriot Supply is... That's why you need My Patriot Supply in your food pantry. Now it's not what you may be thinking. My Patriot Supply is emergency food plus survival gear. They have food kits that are good up to 25 years. They come in a slimline tote, which is plastic, that you can easily store in your food pantry. I can speak from experience. After living through Hurricane Katrina and being out here on the road for 30 years, we went through Katrina in my mobile home. We were without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. If it weren't for the MREs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have had any food. There were four-mile gas lines then. If I knew then what I know now about my Patriot Supply, I would have definitely had some of this in my food pantry stockpiled. Now, for a limited time, you could get a one-week supply of food for just $39. And they even have gluten-free food for just under $100. All you have to do is go to my website at juliastruckacafe.com, click on the Emergency Food Supply tab, Scroll down and click on any image to find out more information. You need to stay prepared for anything that happens out here, whether it's weather, loading or unloading. You always have to have extra water and extra food in your side box. So stay prepared today. Go to juliastruckacafe.com. Kind of bypass my email list, little pop-down deal. Just say no thanks. Click on the emergency food supply tab and get yours today. Now back to the news. Troopers say that a truck was 96,300 pounds overweight. Indiana State Police say they handed out a whopping citation following a truck inspection that turned up numerous violations. This happened on January 16th in Rushville, Indiana. 
From the Indiana State Police news release, a truck inspection this morning by the CVED led to the discovery of a semi-tractor pulling double trailers that was 96,300 pounds overweight. CVED trooper was driving through Rushville just before 11 a.m. when he noticed a southbound semi-pulling doubles known as a Michigan train southbound on Main Street at Park Boulevard. From his training and experience, the officer knew that the trailer was set, set up as often used to haul overweight loads with special overweight permits across northern Indiana. He stopped the truck to do an inspection and discovered the driver, Greg Meg, age 36, of Waterloo, Indiana, was driving a truck with no registration plate and no federally required company markings or federal tax numbers on the side of the vehicle. In other words, he didn't have a DOT numbers on the side of the truck or USD or MC, which you have to have when you have a truck registered with the U.S. Department of Transportation. They issue you a DOT number. The maximum allowable weight for a commercial vehicle in Indiana without a special permit is 80,000 pounds. As a part of his vehicle inspection, the trooper weighed the truck and its steel cargo, discovering a combined weight of 176,300 pounds. Holy crap! Now, this is for two trailers and the truck, or 96,300 pounds over the maximum allowable weight without a special permit. The fines for the overweight violation alone are just under $14,000. Troopers say that the truck was impounded and he was cited for overweight violation, no truck registration, in addition to warning for no federally required markings or numbers on the sides of the truck. You have to have it. Troopers say that the steel coils will also be impounded until they can be legally loaded onto other trucks to continue their journey to their final destination in Madison, Indiana. Yeah, I hope that load played well. Holy smokes. And California judge indefinitely halts informants enforcement i can't talk today of labor law that threatens 70,000 drivers that I reported on in a previous episode the california trucking association called the ruling a significant win for california's more than 70,000 independent owner operators Trucker scored a significant win when California judge halted the enforcement of a con- controversial labor law until further notice. This happened on Thursday, January 16th. A federal judge granted an indefinite extension to a restraining order filed by the California Trucking Association against the state of California meant to protect truckers from the enforcement of a labor law known as AB5. That's where everybody had to be an employee instead of a subcontractor. This extension could last for months or even years as a legal battle over AB5 is waged in court. It went into effect January 1st and it drawn heavy criticism from members of the trucking industry because it would force many companies that employ independent contractors to reclassify those workers as employees who are entitled to minimum wage and workers' compensation. 
see uh, uh, California Trucking Association estimates that AB5 would have put 70,000 owner-operator jobs at risk. The U.S. District Judge argued that AB5 was at odds with federal law protecting interstate commerce. He wrote, There is little question that the state of California has encroached on Congress's territory by eliminating motor carriers' choice to use independent contractor drivers, a choice at the very heart of interstate trucking, end quote. Under AB5, just to give you background, a worker must pass the ABC test to be labeled as an independent contractor, meaning the worker must be free for control of the company, the worker must perform work outside the usual course of a hiring entity's business, and the worker must be engaged in an independently established trade or business of the same nature as the work that they are performing. Makes no freaking sense to me. The CTA, or California Transportation Association, argues that prong B of the ABC test, which reads that the worker performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business, is preempted by the Federal Aviation Administration Authorization Act of 1994, the FAA prohibits any state from enacting or enforcing a law, regulation, or other provision having the force and effect of law related to a price, route, or service of any motor carrier with respect to the transportation of property. The CTA's Sean Yodin called the ruling a significant win for California's more than 70,000 independent owner-operators and CTA members who have worked as independent truckers for decades. Now, in other news... Almost half of U.S. drivers carry a weapon in their vehicle, says a a new road rage study. A new survey, excuse me, survey, a new survey delving into road rage on U.S. highways has uncovered some disturbing statistics. Last month, insurance site, the Zebra, shared the results of their survey on road rage in 2019. I didn't take no survey. Not only did the survey reveal that almost all American drivers, 82%, admit to having road rage, it has also indicated that many of those angry drivers, about half of them, say that they keep some type of weapon in their vehicle. 80, some of the highlights from the survey, 82% of drivers in the U.S. admit to having road rage or driving aggressively at least once in the past year. 59% of drivers reported showing anger by honking. 45% of drivers report changing lanes without signaling. Brilliant. 42% of drivers claim they yelled or cursed loudly at another driver. 38% said they used rude or obscene gestures against other drivers. 7% got out of their vehicle to verbally confront another driver. 6% threw something at the other vehicle. 6% got out in a physical altercation with another driver. 5% sideswiped another vehicle. 5% bumped or rammed another vehicle on purpose. Another 5% forced another driver off the road. Studies on gender and traffic safety say males under the age of 19 are most likely to exhibit road rage. However, in a study to explore those who say they experience road rage more than four times a week, 34% were 18 to 34-year-old and female. Study also found that the top three behaviors in trigger road rage are tailgating, distracted driving, and getting cut off. Now in other news... A truck stop giant is to add 3,000 truck parking spaces in 2020. Well, they're trying to help. Love's Travel Stops announced on 
Thursday, back in January around the 16th, that they plan major expansion this year, adding dozens of store locations and thousands of truck parking places. Love's announced plans to open 40 new store locations nationwide in 2020, and that's not a whole lot. Company says that this will allow them to add more than 3,000 new truck parking spots to their network this year. They did not offer the details about the new store locations. In addition, of 40 new Love's truck stops will also mean 40 new Love's truck care centers and speed co-locations. We also enter 2020 with lots of momentum that will continue through customer service, customer experience enhancements, product offerings, and the best value on the road. Of course, the Love's president is going to say that. We'll open stores from coast to coast, continue to provide products and services that our customers depend on. Yeah, tourist shit and enhance our reputation as a company known for highway hospitality really Love's Travel Stops and Country Stores were founded in 1964 and currently operates approximately 500 locations in 41 states well you got about 7 more states to go to get Love's which is a lot on the east coast you ever really see a Love's on the east coast at all I don't hardly see any of them so y'all need to start opening them up on the east coast that's where we need parking if you listen to this show and in other news family owned trucking company turns to cannabis to try to keep the doors open oh here we go the owner of a small Illinois trucking company is trying an unusual tactic to generate new revenue and keep workers employed East Peoria based Source Enterprises is a third generation family run food distribution trucking company that employs 23 people Last year, hundreds of trucking companies shut down for good as a number of circumstances, including increased regulatory burdens, insurance costs, and a freight recession, have made for a ton, tough times in trucking. But Source Enterprises company owner Roy Source is trying a new tactic to keep his business afloat, namely a legal cannabis growing side hustle. On Monday, and this is back in January 17th, East Peoria Zoning Board of Appeals approved Source Enterprise request for a permit to begin a marijuana growing operation. The company must still acquire a state license to grow and distribute marijuana products, but they've taken a big step in moving forward with their cultivation operation. Source told Central Illinois Proud, the food distribution industry has changed a lot. Competition increased and the players are getting larger and larger. We're a smaller family business and I want to make sure my employees have long-term jobs in the area. One of the major hurdles standing in the way of their cannabis cultivation plan is a zoning stipulation. A daycare is loaded across, located, let me start that again. A daycare is located across the street from company headquarters, and the zoning commission says that source operation must be a thousand feet away from the daycare. Source is working on ways to meet that requirement. State of Illinois will grant 115 licenses to businesses throughout the state for marijuana cultivation in the wake of a new law that made marijuana sales legal on January 1st, 2020. And a truck driver missing for two days is rescued by California Highway Patrol. Thank goodness. California Highway Patrol say that they were able to locate and rescue a semi-truck driver who went missing for days in snowy Shasta County. This happened on the 16th of January. He was reported missing by his company around 3 p.m. 
While a heavy winter storm rolled through California, police say the weather and road conditions were so dire that they were unable to conduct a search. Around 8 a.m. on Saturday, the California Highway Patrol deployed air units near the trucker's last known location, provided by his GPS device, who were able to locate him on Summit Lake Road. Police say that the driver was unhurt and helped him to get a hot meal and a hotel. You could also view the footage, uh, aerial footage of him in the article that will be in the show notes. And I want to say thank you so much for all of you who tune in each and every week to the cafe. Also want to say thank you for everyone that subscribed to the YouTube channel. Stop on over, give it a subscribe. It's completely free to my YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach 100. I'm at 89 right now. I only got 11 more to go. And so I could change the address to youtube.com slash Julia's Truck and Cafe. So stop on over to the YouTube channel and please subscribe. If you are new to the cafe and you'd like to check us out, at the bottom of every podcast episode on the website at juliastruckandcafe.com, I have links that I have listed on where you could find me, like iHeartRadio and YouTube, iTunes, and many more. I just got a new one, uh, Pod Chaser is a new directory I'm on now. Also, I'm on Facebook, so like us there. And don't forget to join our discussion group at Julia's Truck and Cafe Regulars. On the website, I also share recipes and videos of stupid crap that drivers do. And I have a mailing list. If you would like to have the articles emailed to you right to your inbox every week, please sign up to our mailing list. I also put back up the drop-down box when you go to the website. Just fill it in. I'll never sell your information ever. I don't believe in that. Uh, When you subscribe, it stays completely confidential and never uh, sell it out to anybody. I also, there is an unsubscribe link. If you get tired of getting them every week in your inbox, you can also unsubscribe at the bottom of that email. This, and you don't have to keep coming back to the website to hunt around for them. And in the future, if I'm having new things coming out, which I'm going to be doing, I'm working on a bunch of stuff. If you're on the email list, you'll have priority in getting those new things that are in the works. And before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment on bottom of any episode that you listen to on the Facebook page, Twitter. I read each and every one. Shoot me an email, info at juliastruckatcafe.com. If you'd like to email me sometime, leave a comment or chat with me on the uh, about any of the shows. I'm also on Skype. I just started uh, uploading the videos for a backup channel. I'm on BitChute as well, Julia's Truck and Cafe. It's everything also on Skype. Look for Julia's Truck and Cafe. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope everyone has a blessed week. And until next time... have been listening to Julia's Truckin' Cafe Truckin' News Hour. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Take care. Have a blessed day.